Hi, welcome back to Fourth Speaker. You're here with your hosts. I'm David Trung. And I'm Emma Tang. So this actually actually this episode here is going to be um a sort of replacement to what we usually host every single year, which is called Life Skills Day. Now, Life Skills Day was meant to go ahead, but for you know other reasons, we've decided to post it on a podcast instead because we want to share the love, don't we? We, we want to share the love with all our other listeners who may not only just be university students or um, high school students, but might also be like young adults uh, in the real world who are navigating the, the professional workspace, yeah, yeah. you know, young mums yep. who've got younger kids yep. and they're trying to figure out life as they go. Yep. So what we're trying to do is, I guess, casting the net just a bit further than we usually do. So this this episode is going to be, um, for, for the sake of time, time frame, is going to only be about two topics um, of a third topic that we usually talk about. So this one's going to be about um, careers mm-hmm. and working. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to be looking at kind of university, yep. right? Because again, our students are customers of education and tutoring. Yep. So we don't want to talk about things like, I don't know, cooking. Yep. So for the time being, it's going to be about those two topics. And say in a future episode, we'll talk about our third and probably the, f- the most fun topic yes. um, money and finance and how yes. to manage uh, finances and we'll hopefully be trying to get a guest to come on board with us there um, but let's 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 look it to the first topic here which is we've got university Emma do you want to ask the question or should I ask I'll, I'll ask the question okay. you, I'll you ask do that. the question All right. All right. Yeah. so I think the question that a lot of us get especially as tutors mm-hmm. and as people who work in the educational system yep. is from the kids at least Mm -hmm. what should I do at university yes and I think a second question that I always hit back at them with is should you take a gap year or a gap semester and why yes yes and I think that's very um like you know, that that's something we do often with our kids as well. Like most of the times, like I think in schools, there is almost, I guess, traditionally an expectation to just go from high school, year seven, year all the way to year twelve, and then it's like what three months yep. break, which you know it might sound like a lot, but if you think about it, moving into university right after those three months, and let's be real, we're not we're not thinking about life in no. those three months, no. are we? What are we doing for three months? Well, I wasn't partying, but most people were partying. Yes, I flew to Ho Chi Minh City afterwards, <laughs> right? Dun, 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 dun. And it was just music. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think kids and young people have that proper space and time to think about, like, the, the repercussions of what courses they pick. Yeah. Or, you know, when they start their yep. course. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of pushing kids right through like almost like a cattle line into yeah. university and so I think it's a really good question you know should you take a gap year but um so the question was should we take a gap year my answer I think yes probably not a gap year like I think you know you can you can definitely take gap semesters hold on didn't you take a gap year though that then turned into you just completely leaving a degree yes why do you say not a gap year so I don't think don't take a gap year I think definitely if if the idea of taking a gap year seems a bit too uh, overwhelming. I think a gap semester might be a bit more digestible. So yep. you can start off with a semester, and like with with university, at least I recommend doing it also at the beginning or the end. I don't think doing it in the middle is going to help. Okay. Mm. So I finished. So my my degree was Bachelor of Arts and then Bachelor, a Master of Teaching. I took my gap semester at the end of my bachelor's. Yeah. So that was two thousand and eighteen. Yes. And then I decided to try and move into my master's and I did with all my 
all the fibers in my being. All the fibers in your little gay soul. Yeah, and Every I was like, fiber of I was like, David, you can do this. And I was like, okay, you know what? <laughs> it wasn't a matter of I couldn't do it. It was just a matter of me realizing that some of my goals had kind of shifted since I had started university in 2015. And that was my premise for extending, I guess, my, my little temporary ban yep. on university of a semester. And it turned into a year and that year turned into till today. So <laughs> <laughs> a few years, if you ask me. But no, I think with taking a gap year in semester, I think it really helps people, you know, at least, and what we have here in the notes is, you know, two things, right? And we, we can discuss it is that it, I think for me at least, and I'm sure for you as well, it, it helps me, I guess, three years ago, four years ago, helped me reignite a new found passion for teaching yeah. one that I had thought I lost yeah. when I was inside the degree yeah. don't get me wrong the marks were there but I don't think truly the marks always reflect a particular passion yeah. for something I think as with anything you know you, you might make a lot of money in a particular job but you might not necessarily be loving it yeah. right? those, those things are separate and so I think you know for, for my particular reason why I think taking a gap year or semester either at the end of the beginning is you know definitely like reignite, reigniting a, a newfound passion yeah. whether it be in teaching whether it be in like something completely different area like but for the time being for the course of my answer here I think I was able to quit teaching in 2018 um, work semi part full time at Arthur Phillip High School then I switched and changed to CBA and worked full time permanent in the home loans division and it was only then yep. that I was like I fucking hate. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Because I think, especially, and knowing you through that period, meeting mm. you at Arthur Phillip, mm-hmm. being there as you, like, frantically sent out, you know, hundreds of, hundreds of interviews, yeah. uh, hundreds of job applications. Desperately. And then seeing you get that job and yes. you getting all G'd up and ready to go. Yeah. And then you leaving and being like, bye, everyone. Don't yeah. talk to me anymore. Bye, bitches. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Yeah. Right. And then literally seeing you, like not even a week in calling me Mm. and being like I'm fucking miserable here yeah yeah and I saw you know in that moment you were like oh shit I actually really enjoy teaching yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do this but there was a particular moment that kind of sparked it back for you do you want to talk about that yeah there was actually and um so Emma's absolutely right on that I left very g'd up I was so excited and I I got the this was after six months of jumping through hoops I'm talking, oh, so it, was, it was a six-stage hiring process as well. You know, a combination of online, psychometric, as well as in-person, you know, group interviews and presentations and stuff. Uh, I jumped through all the hoops, like a little really good uh, obedient Labrador. I, I still am now as no, well. No, you're like a little um, chihuahua. No, let's talk into what dog breed I'll be. I think I'm a little bit Labrador. No, um, no, you're a little yappy chihuahua. <laughs> on like a really short leash. But then when the leash snaps, like, oh shit, oh shit. And then runs away. That's you, David. Okay, okay. Dog imagery aside, yeah. I was very G'd up. And, but it, it took one particular moment. I, I, and mind you, I... I set out to stay at CBA for two years. Yeah, you had a you had a map. I had a map. You, you were you were telling me all yeah. about your two year beautiful plan. map. Yeah, it lasted instead. I lasted maybe two months. No, was, not even. It was six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. I think it was eight, six, eight weeks, something like that. And <laughs> mind you, out of those six weeks, I think four weeks were spent training. Yeah. <laughs> so officially, only two to four weeks actually working yes. your position properly. Yes, yes, yes. And when I say properly, it means you calling me yes. pretty much twenty four seven. Yes, yes. Um, but the particular moment at, at question here was 
it was I think when I had left the job and I was on the floor working and feeling miserable that was also it coincided with the period of the students at Arthur Phillip they were, they were graduating yes um, so the cohort that I had spent a lot of my time with at Arthur Phillip High School they were graduating that month and it was September 20. Fourth, I remember 2019, mm. where they graduated. But the week before that, they they messaged me via email and they sent through a lovely message saying like, "Thank you so much. You, we miss you so much, sir, and we appreciate everything that you've done for us." And these kids, you know, kids in general are really yeah. you, you you feel moved working with kids because there's just like a level of innocence and I guess honesty that you yeah. don't find I guess in adults yeah. as often or as frequent. Yes, but particularly these kids they were the refugee kids who had come from like i'm talking ridiculously disadvantaged backgrounds who were now working so hard and now graduating that broke me i was like you know in that moment i was at my desk i saw that email because i opened up my phone i was actually on my phone and i saw it i had to just excuse myself i went to the bathroom at cba level four and I just bored my eyes out in the cubicle. Yeah. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't continue working in the banking industry and continue doing something I don't love. I don't love it anymore. I don't, you know, all those dreams of climbing a corporate ladder and dressing up and pitching ideas <laughs> and impressing really big sharks in the industry. Like that just, it went out the window. And I was like, there's got to be more to what I'm doing with my time than just coming in eight to five and crunching numbers yeah and that's what you know i i think i wouldn't have been able to experience and recalibrating my love for teaching and my passion for it had i not taken that yes. gap year yes. of at arthurfield because you know i think don't get me wrong if i had continued at university finished off my master's got my teaching number done my two practicals finished my land tight and then move into teaching i don't think i would have been able to make that big of an impact as i have been able to do today yeah but yeah absolutely i think that that's where i i believe the this the gap semester works what about you like do you think has it worked in the same sense for you or has it worked in different ways as well well for me like you i've always known that i've wanted to be in the educational space Mm -hmm. my gap year was actually encouraged by you. Right. We were working together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I don't two know naughty you, dogs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> two naughty dogs just yapping at each other, messing up everything at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gates open. Yeah, gates open. Yeah, come, let's go. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's play. Let's explore. The owners yeah. are away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that, and so I think I, and I remember distinctly you being on the phone or your laptop and you being like, I did it. Yes. I've taken a gap semester. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, <sighs> Yeah. That seems interesting. I remember this. I remember. Yeah. Yes, yes. And like, you know, at, at the time I was also weighing up a couple other options mm. as well. And I was mm. like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. You live once. Yes. You know, my teaching degree is always going to be here. That's it's not it. going anywhere. Yeah. I'll give this a go. So I took a right. gap semester. And that was 2018. So you were in your third year of uni or something Yeah, like I was in third, I was fourth? in my penultimate year, yes. actually. Yes. I had my one big placement left and a couple of my capstone and a couple like you know, itty bitty subjects yes, in there. Yes, and yes. I was like, well, if I'm going to go, I may as well go now. Yeah. Right. So that gap semester turned into a gap year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it always does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. It, it turned into a gap year. But, you know, I, I came back and I finished off my degree. Yeah. Um, but I think in the same way that David had to move away from the educational sphere to love it and become a better teacher, mm-hmm. 
I had to do the same thing. Yeah. And I think especially now as, you know, as an actual teacher working in a Catholic industry, mm. I have seen some really crap older teachers. Yeah. Like, holy moly. Yeah. And I, I mean, in the public system, yeah, whatever. It's mm-hmm. the public system. You yeah. kind of get the... And you kind of get, like, you know, like there, there is almost, like, a justifiable reason for why teachers in the public system yes. may be shit. Yeah. Right? And but, it's horrible to say, but, yeah. you know, that's, that's what you expect. Yeah. Disclaimer, I work in public school yeah. as well, right? And, you know, definitely, it, it, I think it'd be a bit naive to say all the teachers in a public system... Yes. ...are beautiful. Yes. It's not true. It's not true. I can name 10 of them. Name of them. Oh, I don't... <laughs> yeah. I can name 20. <laughs> like, yeah, but I, I get it. Like, you know, I get it, but in the Catholic system... System, you know, in a system where you're paid definitely more, like you. Well, would... you know, you're not paid more. That's the thing now. You're really? not paid more. No, no, you are paid exactly the same as the New South Wales Whoa. Department, and the class caps in the Catholic right. system are higher. So, in a department system, right. class caps for primary school, I think, like twenty-seven. Right. I've got a friend in the Catholic system who's a primary school teacher. She's got thirty-three fucking kids in her class. 33 right. little year four grime balls. So you're telling me these... Jess, Catholic- if you're listening, props to you, babes. <laughs> you're doing the Lord's work. Wow. Yeah. You're Either. telling me that these Catholic school teachers are jipping themselves. Yes. Okay. Yes. But there you go, coming- ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Coming back to the point that I was trying to make, yep. it's that you'd think you'd be hiring teachers that are a little bit more well-established, a little bit more worldly. Yeah, who've got that passion. Who've got that passion. Yep. Exactly. But I work with some people who holy moly they have never experienced anything outside of the catholic education system nothing outside of the university tertiary exactly exactly and like and and their tertiary education was also done through a catholic lens and i'm not hating on the catholics here i'm not hating on the systems here what i am concerned with is the fact that you've got a lot of young teachers right a lot of young teachers entering a system mm. whether it be catholic independent public systems yeah. with no experience of what it's like in either other systems mm-hmm. other places in the world yeah. and so they have a really narrow definition of what english teaching looks like yep. of what good teaching looks like right. and of what good learning looks like right because yes. a lot of the teachers that i work with and have an incredibly narrow definition of what public school education is like mm. and it's incredibly frustrating because there's so much animosity yeah. between public independent and um, catholic systems yeah and there really i don't feel like there needs to be right, right. and so i guess what my gap year helped me realize is that Actually, these systems aren't so different. Every single system is shit. Yeah. Right? And um, my passion for teaching, and I'm talking teaching, I'm not talking the Department of Education, Mm. NESA standards, all that bullshit, right? My passion for education, Mm -hmm. my passion for English literature was amplified Mm -hmm. because I was able to work in... um, So, for for those of us that don't know, I did a massive... um, writing gig during my gap year Mm -hmm. and I got to see how you know English literature and English as a tool functioned in more of a real world setting right right and so by taking that gap that gap year yeah and by working you know Every, and doing other things. And doing other things. Yep. You know. That allows you to, re, again, recalibrate yeah. a newfound passion for exactly. what you wanted to do. Exactly. Interesting. Right? And I think, for, and we can both say this as well, hmm. the students that we teach appreciate the fact yes. that we do have 
we do have an experience of English outside of what English looks like at school. Right, and I think you know that that's 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 the big point we bring up, right? Like we we can sit here all day, and I think especially when you work in like a customer-facing profession like teaching. Yes. At the end of the day, the person whose opinion matters and their review matters is the customer. Yeah. It's most likely going to be the student,、yeah. and so it's always almost, you know, teachers, professionals. Lecturers, we can sit and we can discuss whether or not you know doing X Y Z in terms of strategy is going to help teaching. But the person at the end of the day who feels that is the student. Yes. And when you get from the student this sort of positive feedback that what you're doing in teaching and saying and interacting with them is helping them, that is priceless. And I think a lot of people forget that, especially in the teaching industry, is that you know. They they will measure themselves by X Y Z reports and stuff like that administrative bullshit. But at the end of the day, like it is ultimately that one interaction that you have with a kid that takes precedent over everything else、Absolutely. that comes in the back. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah.、Um, but I think, like you said, like you know, if I don't think it, had we not been able to go out and experience other parts of the world, sectors, industries, and you know, positions or even responsibilities. Yeah. I don't think. We would have been able to teach in the ways that we can now. Yeah, a few years ago,、yeah. right? And so, like, it's worked pretty well for us.、Yes. And so, comes full circle. We haven't technically wasted, and that's that's an air quote,、yes. wasted our time.、Um, but what about for those people, you know, who completely change the industry in which they they initially started in? Yes, right. Like people who, and I know plenty of people who, for example, have started in. Like interior designing, and then、yeah. they they end up in architecture、yeah. or、um, sales, like in cor- what do you call it? Retail,、yeah. retail, or then they end up in tech. What、yeah. about those people? Do you think then the gap semester or year、um, is still valuable in that sense? Do you know anyone who's like that? Because I know a few. Yeah, I know a few too. And you're looking at me.、Mm. <laughs> you're、I'm、looking not, at me. I'm not looking at her like anything. <laughs> you're looking at me. Okay. Yeah. Right.、Yeah. You're you really you really want to. God, David! If I get kicked out, this is、I'm、our gonna, second take, by the way. Yeah, the this is our take, second take. Our, our first take is dog shit. <laughs> Holy moly! It was too echoey. So now we're actually in some secret disclosed parking lot in Sydney, <laughs> um, and we can't tell anyone because <laughs> it's it's the roads parking lot, <laughs> folks. At IKEA. <laughs> At IKEA. But do you know anyone who has、um, experienced? In an industry yes. shift, yes. or they have been able to recalibrate、yes. what's important to them. Of course, I have. Okay, we've talked about this.、Mm-hmm. Have we? Yeah. Yes, we have.、Right? Who would that be? And I look. I'm not. I'm not going to speak on her behalf. Okay. Except I am because、okay. you know she doesn't want to be on the podcast. I asked.、Um, but my beautiful partner. Okay. She has been at uni for a while. Yes. She graduated the same year that I. Graduated, so, so let's let's be specific here, right? So 2013, she we, started. We started in 2014. Okay. And she's still at uni. So if you do the maths, I think it's like 20 22 minus 22 13 is nine years. Yes. Okay. So nine years at uni this nine year. Nine years at university.、Right? All right. And that is, and it's not because she's a dropkick. Yep. Right. I have to I have to just do this very carefully so she doesn't get mad at me. Yep. Right. She'll、I'll, she'll probably listen to this and be like, "You completely misrepresented me." Right. Mind you, I'm the one editing this. <laughs> From university to university. So, quick timeline,、right. and this is just what I'm aware of. Give me the numbers. Let's go. This is just what I'm aware of. Okay. okay? So. So how many unis? So 
you went to Slobby. Uh-huh. She's, she's been at UNSW and she's been to Macquarie. Macquarie, yeah. And she's also applied to go to UCIT. And Sydney. Right, so okay. th- those those are the three we're triangulating at. And she's currently now at... at Macquarie. Macquarie, Doing okay. speech pathology. Okay, right? so three unis, how many courses? So I know she started off in arts science. Okay. And then arts advanced science. Okay. And then med sci at one point. Right. And then just advanced science. Yes. And then something... There was, there was something in the middle, right? And mm. then now she's in speech pathology. So, safe to say, five degrees. Yeah, probably. Right. Five yep. degrees, three unis, nine years. Yes. Okay. And, right. You know, and, like, this is the part of why we, we wanted to do this episode is that, you know, and I was thinking about this in the morning, is that not a lot of students look at university as a financial product. Yes, and I think that's exactly what happened with her. Mm. And I think, you know, I love her obviously mm-hmm. right we've been together for Clearly. five years now yes right and this is no hate on her and she's she's even told this to me as well mm-hmm. that you know because as especially young asian women yes and she's quite smart like she's smarter than the both of us combined multiplied by 10 sounds right right yeah 100 yeah. <laughs> <100%. laughs> easily so yeah. i've added a very little to that God, yes i like right. it bucket us together yes yeah um Especially as you kind of like young, you know, considered to be smart because she did well at school, mm-hmm. right? Young Asian women kind yep. of coming from single parent household. There's a real pressure to go to uni, yep. even if you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. So when I was talking to her, a big part of her was like, well, I went to uni because, and I did science because mm. it's a good look. Right. You know, because I was good at it. Mm-hmm. And my mum wanted me to do it. Yeah. Right. You know, I wanted to be a doctor because, you know, parents... Like reputation, yeah. money, right? And not necessarily for the reasons that you really should be going to medicine, question yes. mark. Same thing for teaching, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, that said, I'm, I'm sure yeah. many doctors at the moment are doctors not because they want to be doctors, yeah. but because they've they've done it either for face value yeah. or because of money. But yeah. Continue, yeah? Yeah. And I think at one point, before she moved from UNSW to Macquarie, mm she was like I need to take a gap year because yeah. I've been moving around for multiple degrees and nothing is working nothing so is happening with when, me so when did she take so that so she gap year? took that gap year second, uh, third, fourth year so just before COVID hit so about 2019 that year is the year she took her so six gap years year. in six years in okay she realised it wasn't working for her right, right right so six years in she was like shit Nothing's working for me. Mm. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just moving around all these different degrees and mm. I'm not getting anywhere. And I think it also coincided with the fact that it was my graduation soon. Because, mm. you know, the eve of 2019... Oh, it was. That's yeah. right. Yes, yes. The eve of 2019 is when, you know, I started a business. Mm. I started to kind of triangulate and get my life in order. Yeah. Uh, that is, of course, until 2020 hit and, right. and everyone was... It was just a bit of a disaster. But yeah. I think she really felt the pressure at that point. Yeah. And took a, took an entire year off. Mm-hmm. Um, worked a whole bunch, did a whole bunch of different things and kind of, you know, not by accident, mm-hmm. but definitely by, you know, measured not doing and not actively thinking about things, mm-hmm. realised that, you know what, I want to be a speech pathologist. Right. Right. And So in the end, it, it did work out. Yeah, and it extent. worked out for her. Right. And so now she's in there. Right. She's loving her degree. She's right. set to finish end of this year. Yep. Right. And so 
I I want to speak for her, mm-hmm. and especially on the good days when we're talking about this, yep. she doesn't believe that she's wasted those six years. Right. Because she needed to amble around for those six years to figure out that this is what she wanted to do. Right. Of course, she'd like to save everyone else that heartbreak of mm. ambling around for six years. Yeah. But she's glad she did it. Right, right. right? And you know what? Like, I think you, you bring up a very good point there, is that for some people, those, those the, the amount of years you spend... Uh, changing courses, changing universities, taking in a gap year, then you know resuming university, those things change. But and I'm sure we mentioned it previously in the previous podcast uh, take that we tried to do, is that some listeners might be thinking, well, this is great advice, but is there a hard number? On the amount of unis you need yes. to change, the amount of courses you need to change, yes. or the amount of gap years you need to take, yeah, that qualifies you to not be considered. Nomadic, <laughs> but then stupid. Yeah. Is there a fine line? Is there a hard number? And you know, it's been a week since we recorded the episode. I, to be honest, still don't know if there's a number. What about you? I don't. I don't think there is a number. And I think if there is a number, it mm. has to be a number that you come up with. Right. Because I think it would be unfair. Because mm. you know, my my four year degree took seven years. Right. You know, and like in the fog, because mm. obviously. Uh, when I took my gap uh, year, mm-hmm. there was, uh, I took the gap year in 2019, mm. and then 2020 when I was ready to go back, yeah. uh, a number of things happened with like the subjects, because UNSW had changed its structure, yeah. um, and so I ended up having to push my gap year even further, and right. and then obviously COVID happened, and my placement didn't go through, and blah, 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 mm. everything under the sun happened. So many variables kind many of contributed variables. to the why, you know, you, you might have taken a bit longer to yeah. finish your degree. and had I got, let myself gotten lost in the moment and been like, oh, you know, I haven't finished my degree yet, I should give up, blah, 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 it right. wouldn't make sense. Right. So what about this then? And this this comes back to what we were talking about before and why, you know, I think students who, potential candidates who want to go university ought to look at university not as a step to just earning more, but looking at it as a financial product. Yes. How about if there's no amount of numbers of degrees to change or unis to change to, I personally think hex number has to be a number. Yeah. And you know, at in that one sense, point, the government's like, no, you can't, learn, you can't borrow any more money. Right. Do, do we remember that number? It's like 103 or something. $103,000. Yeah. And I think that's the number, folks. If you change courses and move across degrees and it hits the 100K mark, I think you need to sit down on a beach away from uni <laughs> for sure like in Bali somewhere in Seminyak get three mojito, mojitos deep and just think about life and I think maybe that would do better for you than actually spending that amount of money and you know back to what we were saying before like university and this comes back to the also the, the topic of university offers that we need to do one day from yes. now but definitely I think university is not just some idyllic place where you can go and study and learn more obviously that is that is what you hopefully will get not guaranteed not everyone becomes smart after university ironically enough um you know but here's the here's the fact you have to pay money yes to go there you have to eventually international students you ask any of our international students here they know it better than anyone else that choosing the right course the right uni is so important because for them it is a matter of, you know, either staying in Australia and being able to live a, a regular life yeah. or 
having to really live on noodles. Yeah. They know it better than anyone yeah, else. definitely. And as well as students in America, they know because they have to pay for it. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that paying for university makes you appreciate, you know, what you are learning. I think paying for university and realizing that accruing hex and accruing debt, because you do. Yes. Um, it doesn't just... It, it, it's there, kids. It's there. It's there. And it won't hit you... I think until it's too late. That's right. When you need to apply for a home loan with your future partner or when you need to um, apply for a car loan or a credit card, these things pop up on your credit file report on Experian, Equifax or Ilion. I know them very well now because of this bloody Optus starter breach. (laughs) Um, But those things affect it. And so, you know, you might think, well, if my partner is earning more than me and they've got bigger assets than me and they've got no liabilities... I'm sweet as day. Guess what? They actually take the average of your credit score plus the credit score and file of your partner and they average it out. So if you're worse off, it's averaged down. Yeah. Not up. Yeah. Unless, well, for them, up. Yeah. (laughs) And you, if you're the more successful person, down. Yeah. (laughs) Which means either way you cut it, it's actually going to be harder for you to move as a unit to get, say, a home loan or a deposit or anything like that. And I think... Definitely, if you are looking for that that closure, that hard answer, I would say a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know what? I would probably say less than that for yeah. sure. Because I think a hundred thousand dollars is. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of dough. That's six figures, ladies and gents. That is, that is like a deposit for a house. Yes, that's a hold on. That is wild money. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if the goal if the goal of you going to university is to be financially successful, which for a lot of us is the case. Yes. We are not trust fund babies. No, unfortunately. Right? If the goal is to go to university to get some sort of financial stability, I will tell you right now, if you don't know how to use your $100,000 to make some money, give it to me and I'll show you. (laughs) I will show you. I won't even tell you. I'll show you. Right? And I think a lot of students forget that. They think that university is like what we said before, some sort of idyllic place where you can study, seek refuge. So, yeah, but, you know, for, for your, your partner, at least, I think it's it's done a great job in the yeah. sense that it has recalibrated her, her values, her passions, and what she wants to do, right? Yes. Do we think that that's always the case, though? No, no. I mm. think... And look, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, right? right? But I think when you are in a relationship, yeah. you need to have hard conversations like this. Yeah. And we've had that hard conversation a couple times mm-hmm. where I'm just like, gently, hey. Yeah. Like, are you are you actually recalibrating? Yeah. yeah, yeah like, sure, that's hard. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I, yeah. You need to think about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you. That's, and it's so important. And, you know, we're, we're going to just gently plug our previous episode, mm-hmm. you know. Are you surrounding yourself with yes men? Yeah. That are just like, yeah, you know, stay at uni, do your All thing, right. blah, blah, blah. Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are ready and willing to be like, hey, that's a really fucking stupid decision. Yeah. Why are you doing yeah. that? And, and I, I forgot what the, we said before with uh, one of our students, Mario. Mario, so if you're listening, cheers, mate. Um, you know, the whole concept of having smart goals, right? Yes. But it was the M that's the only one I remember is that it has to be measurable. Yes. Right? And I think T was time specific. Yes. Those things, I think, are also very important. Like whilst we can sit here all day and... You know, talk about your goals being very emotionally great and yeah. how they they, they, they they link up to some broader value of yours. At the end of the day, I think they also have to be measurable. Yes. A number, a metric must be used to measure or not, you know, whether or not it's you have achieved them. Yes. Um, and they have to be time specific. Yes. Like I said, I'll probably be a billionaire one day in my next lifetime. <laughs> 
you know? Three lifetimes from Three now. lifetimes later. Three avatars later. Yeah. I'm the currently 47th avatar. In yeah. the next maybe 48, 49th avatar, I will be that. Mm-hmm. But again, like, it's a matter of time. And so I think, you know, we need to be kind of uh, considerate about that. Do you have a time in mind? For what? When you're like, you know. What goal? What goal? Like, you know, all my goals? No, no with, with the university. So you've given like a number, so mm-hmm. a, like less than a hundred. Yep. Do you think that there is a, a year limit for university? Oh well, definitely, it's got to be sixty-five. That's a retirement age, right? <laughs> like, you know, that, that, that's definitely. But for me, at least, I think thirty. In my head, emotionally, a number for me, thirty. Um, definitely, if you're still switching, well, then it wouldn't work. Out. Not age, so then it would probably be, I'd say, ten years. Yeah. 10 years from when yeah. you're 20 to when you're 30 yeah or like a, any decade that you, yeah. yeah and you know if you want to use the uh, mature age student which is, is that 21 age yeah, well, I don't know 21 21 until the age of 30 is 9 years I think 9 years is the limit okay. and your girlfriend's reaching that apparently yeah. there you go and it works out yeah, quite well and it right? worked for her there you go so yeah. you can have, have $100,000 which is the government threshold for how much checks they want to pay on your behalf because you know shit's getting expensive in Australia yep. and not everyone wants to pick up your bill yep um, but also, you can also use the mature, the 30 years of age minus mature age student age, which is nine years. Mm. And I say 30 because I think 30 is the new 20. So, yes. you know, you need to have fun in your 20s. Yes. You can't um, just still be, which whilst you should also be grinding, but I think the main majority... Well, I'm so sorry. Did you just use the word grinding? Oh, no, no, no. I, I think you heard wrong. Oh, my God. Heard, yeah, that is wrong. disgusting. Sorry, I think... I'm going to edit this and play this back. No, look, Just to prove that he did I, use the I, word grinding. I definitely think if, you know... I think use 30 because in your 30s, most of the heavy lifting, which is what I said before, <laughs> that you should be doing is I think in your 20s. You know, I can't imagine myself doing most of the heavy lifting in my life and the base base building in yeah. my 30s. Yeah. I would have liked to think that we are currently doing that now. Well, Bloody hell, hope, it's right? tiring. Yeah, I don't know. That's hopefully, the hope. Hopefully, God damn it. That's the hope. Um, but yes, that, that's what I think is, is the, the hard number for time then. Maybe mm. nine years at university. Yeah. Draw the line there, babes. And if it's uh, the money one, than a hundred thousand dollars because you know people in switzerland could be thinking yeah well look look at this david <laughs> that is a rubbish I, I don't have any money it's free or german i, I, I don't I even know if that was german or, look, chi- or chinese eastern or... european <laughs> no, i don't sweden isn't eastern europe <laughs> Fuck, geography wow. 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 so and i think that you know some people who go to like countries like germany they don't have to pay um hex fees there's no such thing over there. It's like you pay a one. It's a one-time four hundred dollar administrative fee. Is it? Yes. Oh. I had a friend at uni. She was, she came over to Australia studying linguistics with me. I was like, "What's your hex?" But she's like, four hundred dollars, four hundred euros, or something like that. I was yeah. like, "What? Mine's twenty-four thousand Australian dollars." Ouch! What in the world? And so for her, maybe she could use the nine years. All right, but that's it. Okay. All right. Well, let's segue into the next question. And just before we do that, this is a slight intermission to announce that Fokai Education is marking its third birthday this coming November. And to celebrate, all new students who enrol during Term 4 of this year will receive a contribution of $100 towards their fees for either this term or Term 1 next year, 2023. It's our birthday, but it's your cake. Terms and conditions apply. Now, back to the show. Yeah. Coming off of uni, and obviously the next step is your career, mm-hmm. right? A question that we always get yeah. is, how do I find 
what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. is money the most important variable when choosing a career? Right. Okay. So I think definitely that comes back to, you know, ties in very well with the idea of taking the gap year. And I think it is being open to trying new opportunities whether it be within the industry that you're still trying and working in, which is, you know, trying different positions. I started as a um, junior marker at one stage where I was only marking work in a dark room in a cell. Um, it had jail written on top of it. Um, I then moved over to, like, different positions of managing, like, classroom behaviour. Then I took a tutoring position. Um, I then worked as an SLSO. I still work am as an SLSO, but I've worked in different divisions of uh, student learning support officer, you know, mainstream SLSO, refugee SLSO, and then international student SLSO, um, or even now taking on a executive director oh role, God, right, and co-founder role. Yeah. But I think being open to moving and being dynamic within the, ind- the industry that you work in, as well as, and this is, the, I think, a really good one, being open to working different Yes. Beeline industries yes. to the one that you are in. Yes. I think that does so, it brings in so much value for you as a person, as a young professional, um, and as well as, you know, for the, for the industry that you eventually do get in. Yeah. You know, I remember when I had quit Arthur Phillip High School and I moved into the banking sector and I worked in the home loans department, you know, for certifying, I'm talking multi-million dollar loans every single day. And hating my job. Um, I remember going on Saturdays to tutoring and teaching my classes. And I'm telling you, like, I had... I had never taught that hard. Yeah. Because I was like, David, you're finally doing the thing you love. You're back in the classroom uh, at this tutoring centre. And I had... I was putting in so much effort with my lesson plans. I was so much more cognizant of the relationships I had with the students who I was teaching there that it visibly was so much better Mm. when I had, you know, was kind of sharing those two industries at the same time and that I I couldn't even imagine myself being belonging to one particular industry ever again. Yeah. Like I, I think if you want to find the perfect job or industry to suit you, it's like, finding the perfect pair of jeans or the perfect pair of shoes or the perfect brand that associates yes. with your identity you need to try yeah. different brands you know I can't imagine just shopping at Louis Vuitton for just everything I'd, I'd be a walking monogram yeah you would be right I'd be a walking monogram I'd just ca- I'd camouflage into the wall <laughs> and no one would be able to see me but I think you know some of the most beautiful outfits I've ever been able to pull together is because like you you, you draw you know, so the sunglasses from Tom Ford, the, the shoes from Iron Williams and the pants from, you know, uh, Mason Magella or whatever it is. I think diversity, like life, makes the experience much better. Mm. And so hence, in the professional world, I think that rule also applies in trying different jobs. Yes. Um, but what about you then? How do you think, you know, people, young adults, uh, young professionals and students can find, uh, be open to new opportunities? Well... I, I, I'm on the similar vein to David in the sense that I believe that whatever new opportunity floats your way, especially when you're younger, and if you have the ability and the privilege, because yeah. I think Dave and I have both been quite privileged in the sense that when something pops up in our lives, mm. we don't have like bills or other things to manage that mm. we can, so that we can drop mm. and earn less money at one point to right. pursue whatever it is yeah. that's come our way. And it's like, I think there's definitely a level of privilege that comes with that. Yeah. And I, we want to acknowledge it, but definitely not saying no yeah yeah you have to say yes i think it's a great one yeah. i uh you know even and 
I've had, I think, a few more course-specific ones. David's kind of jumped around a whole bunch. But, mm-hmm. you know, when Lara... You remember Lara? Oh, Arthur yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. She, she was the one who was working at Arthur Phillip first. Yeah. And she... I think in my penultimate year of university in 2018 was like, hey, Arthur Phillip needs SLSOs. Right. Let me know if you're interested. Mm. And at that point, I was, like I was saying before, gearing up to go on my second placement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you finish your second placement, you can start working casually. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, I was like, oh, well, is it even worth it? It's only a term. Mm. And I'm so glad I... I did it. If you didn't do that. I would have never have met you. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, hey? Right. Your life would have been boring. Uh, I think my life would have been much, (laughs) much more peaceful had I not met you. You were waiting for something sentimental there. No. No. No, no, no. No. So, definitely, like, I'm so glad I took something tangential. Mm. You know, because a lot of, especially a lot of people... Something unrelated. Yeah, yeah. It it looked unrelated. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's like teaching a teacher's aid, but I think for a lot of students, they were like, oh, you know, it's not a real teacher. I don't really want that. I'll just do whatever, right? And then same thing with, you know, my writing project, Mm. right? There is no way I could have done full-time uni, you know, worked at Arthur Phillip and also done that writing project at the same time. And also at the time, I was also tutoring as well. There's no way I could have done all of them at the same time. Yeah. And so I was like well, what, what do I have to drop? Right. And in my mind, the most logical answer, right. much to the chagrin of my mother, bless right. her soul, yeah. was to stop uni for a little bit. And mm. so I think, I don't believe there was ever such a thing as irrelevant opportunities right. because it was very, it was tangential, yeah. yes, but again, it kind of redirected and reignited my passion. Mm. So in regards to finding a perfect job, in an industry for me it's mm. just hop skipping jumping yeah trying a whole same bunch of pond things. yeah 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 and like we said before like even hopping and skipping across the lily pads of the same pond it's you're still seeing you know a different ecosystem yeah. that exists within that yeah. same pond and in coming experiencing those same ecosystems different skills yes different people yes I'm going to repeat that one again. Different people. Yes. Different experiences. And along with those different opportunities. And you know what? I think, you know, instead of perhaps looking at opportunities as either irrelevant or relevant, right? Do you think young professionals and young students should perhaps look at the binary of opportunities as being either A, easier to come across or B, hard to come across? I've got to look on my face right now because I've mm. never thought of it that way. Right? Because I, I think back to the dinner you and I just had with um, one of our ex-students, Nathan, oh, now. And, you know, I remember us saying to so him. well. He has. He's beautiful. Nathan, if you're listening, shout out to you, man. Like We're so proud of you. Seriously. Proud, so, so proud. Um, but we said to him, like, you know, if you want to go on and choose to do real estate because um, he was he's, offered an opportunity. Yeah. Right. But he's a, he's a nursing student currently. A nursing student, correct. We said to him, if you want to do nursing somewhere in the future, it will always be there for yes. you. And yes. that's what's made me think, you know, instead of looking at, as, as oppo- at opportunities as either A, being core-specific or B, non-core-specific and therefore relevant and irrelevant, perhaps maybe reshape the way you think of opportunities as being either A, easy or hard to come across. Hmm. Right? Because, like you said, university will always be there. Yes. In 20, 40, 200 years time, it will still be there. In your next life, it will still be there. Yeah. But certain opportunities do not come. And when they do come, I think, and I hope hope you think as well, it, you must seize them. Yes. Yeah. 
whether they work out, whether they don't work out, you still learn so much. That's it. That's you, it. You learn so much. Amen. Yeah. And you know what? Along that same side of the, on on just this this angle that we're talking over here, like, and I think a lot of kids also don't think about this other way of thinking about opportunities and you know post high school is that I don't think a lot of people ask them ever. You know, I think we we fall into this this category as well sometimes. Is we don't ever ask kids. Do you want to be an employer or an employee? Mm. Do you think that's an important binary to consider? Yeah, and you know what? I don't think it's something that students even consider. Yeah, and I think it kind of it cut like this 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 binary that we have here mm. also ties in really well with the is the money an important variable yeah. when it comes to choosing a career? Yeah. So we're kind of going to attack them together, but yeah. I don't believe that. This is something that even comes across their minds as a possibility. Right. Yeah. And I know so many people my age, right, perfectly talented. Yeah. Right. I think within David and my circles of friends, I think it's safe to say that we're like the dumb ones. We're like the bimbos. Oh, of for our sure. Group, right. For sure. Like monkey of, brains. Yeah. For sure. Little monkey brains. Right. Yeah. You know, if you look at our friend groups, you wouldn't think that we're the business owners. Mm. Maybe you do because we're stupid, right. right? But I think it doesn't even cross their mind that they can be employers. Yes. Because I think, especially in Australia, and I was listening to the Business Bible last night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they're very good. Yes. Yeah, they're fantastic. Oh, love them. Love them. Um, well, yeah, we'll plug them. But they were talking about how like success, being an entrepreneur, all these, all these things. Mm. It seems almost reserved in an ivory tower for. I'm using air quotes here. Smart, intelligent, well-off people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Of which we are none of the. Three. I'm laughing because I can <laughs> confirm that not just for myself, but the amount of business owners or I've, I've dealt with. <laughs> My God, you'd be surprised the amount of monkeys running the jungle. You, it's not Shere Khan, I tell you yeah. that. It's the bloody monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they need to remake that movie. It's not Shere Khan. It's not. A it's, car? It's the monkeys. It's the orangutans. Yes! It is the tiny monkeys running around. And I'm like, are you... Did you just say that? Did Are we going to sit here at 9am and say that that's the justification? Yeah. My God! And so, I hope that the conversation that we're about to have helps some of our students realise that if you've got an idea... Yeah. If you've got something inside your gut that's like, let's do this... Mm. Don't be afraid of doing it. Yeah. Don't think I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough capital. Mm. Blah blah blah. Because, babes, don't even worry. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you're probably you're probably good enough. Yeah. You can definitely do it. You're absolutely right. And you know what? Like, don't don't get us wrong here. Like, and we will be balanced in like a short few minutes as well. But like, you know, off the bat of what Emma is saying, like a lot of students don't think about that binary of. You know, if I'm smart enough, perhaps I should only just be an optometrist and I can just be a therapist or a psychologist or a speech pathologist, which is great. Yeah. We'll make good payslips. Yeah. But in also saying that, you know, I look to, to people like my cousin Elvis, for example. Um, he's He was a dentist. He was a practicing dentist for, yeah. I think... Um, since 2000 he beat me just narrowly on graduating um he's he's older than me as well by the way so um shout out to you elvis but he he was a dentist for like i think four or five years and then now he's just recently opened up his own clinic and you know like the amount of obviously financial growth is is it's there it's feasible yeah 
lucrative yep. dentist. Yep. But also, it's also the emotional growth that he goes through of learning how to manage people and systems and operations and, you know, bigger, broader, micro, macro goals of the mm. business that is totally possible. Instead of just looking at yourself as potentially being, I don't know, a sports physio, owning your own kind yeah. of, you know, physiology brand yeah. or something like that, where you can still do what you love, yeah. but you can also, you know, make bank off it. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think in, in, in a traditional sense, in the schooling system as well as cultural, you know, norms that we have, especially in Asian Vietnamese culture, is that you have to pick one or the other. Yeah, right? can't have both. Happy or like being rich. Yeah. And I think what, in Australia, what I believe is if you give it a go and you really give it a crack and give it your all, you can have your cake and you can eat it. Mm. In that sense of you can be happy with what you do, the value you bring to other people's lives. Yeah. But also earn great money from it. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people interrogate that idea. Yeah. And you know what? Like I said before with Emma, not only have, you know, taking gap years been able to afford us a better teaching skills. Yeah. I think also opening our own tuition center has enabled us to touch more lives than we would have had we just been full-time permanent teachers that's contentious yes but yes that i have to and i'm we're willing to fight anyone i will fight anyone on that because the beautiful part is not because of you know the, the teachers in the system it's not that yeah it's that we operate outside the system we do and we have our yep. own jurisdictions yes there is and this is you know, another episode there is no governing body yep. to control tutors and the relationships that we have with the students. Yes. That's why you find there are some psycho crazy tutors out there. Yeah, there are some there are some people that need to be in jail. Psycho, like knock knock, who's there? Yes. Right. FBI, open up. Yeah, completely. But I mean, at least for us, yeah. thank God, yes. we are not those people. We can... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the definitive guides, yeah. we're, the, we're the initiate that's, gods, we know everything. That's right, oracles. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we are able to operate outside a very, I guess, um, tight-knit, laser-focused system that is not, quite frankly, designed to allow teachers to impact lives in the way they used to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so because we operate in our own jurisdictions... Yeah. and we our, get to do what we want to do. We have our own policies. Yeah. We can touch so much more lives than if had we have just been operating solely inside yes. the public, private, Catholic, independent, or, you know, yeah. Norse, Nordic system. Yes. Right? Yes. But that's what I, I think about it. And, you know, I, I think, like we said before, like that binary of looking at employee and employers, like I urge any of you, if you are young professionals or even if you're old professionals, yeah. we're not going to define old here. We're not going to can cancel. <laughs> um, or even if you're in high school, look at that binary, investigate that binary of, you know, do I do I want to be an employer? Can I be an employer? Yeah. Is, you know, being an employee my only option? Yeah. Because if it's a matter of then you thinking in terms of, you know, do I have enough money to do this and yeah. do that? Let me tell you this. You will figure those things as you go. Yeah. It is very easy. Yeah. Like you will figure it as you go. But and you know what, Emma, we've been talking about a lot of the pros here. Yeah. Let's get into the cons. Let's get in there are definitely That's it. And, and we don't want to like kind of chalk this up to being as as employers. Yeah. Can we even call ourselves employers? Yeah. Right? Like this amazing thing. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we can. Yeah. yeah. David thinks we can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be more honest with our listeners because I know we're not, they're not stupid, mm. right? David's trying to hoodwink you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, I check think, me, yeah. yeah, there are, there are so many downsides that mm. I think people don't quite realise. 
when it comes to kind of being your own boss. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know you've got some, so I'll let you start first. What are some shit things about yeah. being an employer? Well, I think definitely with being um, self-employed, let's call it for now, that now, because we, you know, we actually haven't we haven't employed anyone yet. Not because we can't, we can, <laughs> yeah, we can, but we choose not to. But we want to protect um, the brand identity of folk high education. That's a fantastic marketing spin. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want, and I, I don't think you want either for anyone to come in and I guess disrupt the energy no. that we've worked no, very no, no, hard no, no, to create no. for our business. And so we want to wait until there's a certain number in mind. Um, where the the brand identity becomes unshakable, mm. unmistakable, and undilutable. Mm. Um, but in terms of just a con at the top of my head, being a self-employed person is, you know, I'm very lucky in the sense that I've got Emma as my business partner because I know with being self-employed, even when even though I have a business partner, it can be a very lonely journey. Oh yeah, um, definitely. You know, you, you don't work with colleagues um, all the time. So, you know, when, and when Emma and I are alone working on the business, even though we have each other, it can still be very isolating to make certain decisions. You know, in, in, in my sense, it's just much easier to, to feel decisions with Emma and it saves us half the time, yep. right? I, I think back to a lot of the decisions that we've made for the business, like, and I think back, if I didn't have you around and vice versa, I'm assuming. Yeah, like, yeah. You can imagine the amount of stress, yeah, anxiety, yeah. and time yeah. that would have had we, we we would have had to kind of spend to action those ideas, yeah. right? But because we've been able to kind of have each other, man, half the time it's just hey, look, thirty seconds. What do you reckon? Bang, yeah. bang, go. Yeah. And I think having that person in your life to check and give you their honest opinion. Whilst friends can do that, the thing is, is that friends do not take on the same liabilities as you do. So while Friends are not contractually obliged yes, to you the same as that's business partners. That's right. Yeah. If certain decisions go wrong, they actually do not bear the brunt of certain financial liabilities or, fun one, tax liabilities. Oh, God. And it's, it's great knowing that, you know, if I do something wrong... With Emma, of course, we will both be sharing a prison cell. That's the thing, right? (laughs) Contractually. And so what you know then is that on so many levels, the decisions that you make as a business partner, um, it's not just tied to some sentimental feeling, it's tied to print. And I think that's great, right? But that's one of the things is that I think you can, even even in then, it can still be so isolating. You know, I, I still think back to some of the decisions that we've made, you know, it, it, thanks to uh, having business partnership. But I still think it's such an isolating feeling to have because you think, well, is this decision um, going to affect me in my personal life? How will it reflect on me as a person? Because once you start becoming self-employed, your business, as you might not be able to deny it, you become the business. Yes, You definitely. are the brand of the business. No yep. matter what you do in the real world, the things you say, the, the side eye you give, the, 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 the tone that you talk with, or when you arch your back, or when you, you slur your words, that is a, an extension of the business in itself. Yeah. And especially with, you know, forward-facing service businesses like yep. ours, where we work with people on the daily, we are a people-based business. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying... You know, we we are perfect at it because we're not. But everything you do, when you interact with customers, or when you interact with uh, uh, you know external stakeholders, people who have interest in your business but they don't pay you, all of those things will connect the constellation in their mind of mm. what the business represents, and that's a scary feeling. Yeah, you know, you it don't is. have that kind of liability when you work at a bank. Yeah, 
you know yeah, CBA you clock, in, clock out go that's home right. live your own life that's right like you know I could I could strip a pole in Newtown if I wanted and CBA <laughs> would like I'm not going to be known as the guy from CBA for yeah. I'm going to be known as guy who broke pole yeah <laughs> gay bald Asian man who broke pole broke the pole at Newtown because he was so bad at what he was doing <laughs> right but I think with being a business owner and being self-employed is that definitely you have to be more cognizant of that. But that's my first one. What about your first one? What's a, what's I, a con that you've got? Oof, I've got many. Okay, I've let's start many. with the I most think, fervent one. I think I think I I I always like to call myself like the begrudging business owner because I didn't. Okay. Yeah, because I think David definitely tricked me. <laughs> no, I, I I jest, I jest, I do love what I do. Yeah. But I think and, and I think this is the other thing. It's hard being an arts major mm. with kind of a with an with an English literature background who yeah. studied, you know, ways of thinking. Progressive theories. Progressive theories. Yeah. All the left hand stuff. All the left hand stuff, all the Marxist shit. Yep. And then also be a really fervent capitalist. Mm. Like I honestly sometimes I feel myself bifurcating. Right. I feel myself splitting into. So we're talking now the difficulties of negotiating yeah. your political and personal identity. Yes, wow. I think I think so, and I, I think I th- and it kind of comes back to this idea that like sometimes I get lost. Yeah. In who I am. Yeah. Because you know, David's like obviously you are the business, and there's no denying that. Yeah. There's especially especially as a tutor. Yeah. And you know, I don't have a social media presence, so it's not that much in that sense for me. But anything I do, you know, especially when I talk to pr- prospective clients, mm. parents who have kids, yeah, you have to be on, yeah, and you have to kind of negotiate your own political beliefs, yeah. your own opinions right. with what you do, because. Like, like we said earlier, Dave and I are staunch believers in public education. Right. I, growing up, didn't, couldn't afford a tutor. Yeah. And I think it's it's weird now that we have a service-based business. For profit. For profit. Mm, mm, that kind of makes it, I don't want to say more difficult. Yeah. But, like, obviously, things are easier for you if you have money. Yeah. And being part of, I don't want to... See, this is this is this is the bifurcation happening. Mm-hmm. Am I part of the problem? Are we part of the problem? Right. Are we, you know, ex- uh, what's it called? Exacerbating the mm. gap. And watch me do this. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> we are I, 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 don't, I don't think we are the problem, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's a definitely a big con for me. Yeah. And I think coming off of that as well, working and meeting with other business owners mm. who don't have that, mm. incredibly isolating. Right. And you know what? This goes back to what I said to make you feel and me feel better as well, actually. Um, <laughs> is, and I said this to you before, like just I think like yesterday at Paperboy when we we're talking about this, is that I think definitely, you know, off the back of what you said of having to, to negotiate your own personal identities and as well as what you said last time, which is separating our identities as, you know, left, hard left. Um, politically leaning fair people who are very progressive is that there is a struggle to separate our yep. political identities as those people as arts majors from the i guess the archetype of a business owner yeah. in the modern world right yep. like it's very much you know hustle this hustle that Ugh, gym bro this andrew tate the other oh, days whatever and so i guess what i'll say what i'm trying to say to make us both feel i guess more reassured is that 
if not us, then it's always going to be those people. Mm. And see, the, I, I do, I do think And the that. pool will always constantly, forever be consisting of those kinds of people unless people like us step up to the playing field. Mm. You know, people who know nuance, people who can have those intersectional hard conversations and, mm. you know, change the way people think about, for example, university, careers mm. and money mm. that... That is so necessary in order to dilute that, I guess, toxicity in the water. Yeah. That we need to continue doing what we do. Yeah. See how good at marketing spin I was. That was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, Miranda was a great. That was a great job. That well, was Miranda well speaking. Well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wholeheartedly, as well as David, the owner, as well, he feels like that. That's within my blood. I've always disclaimer and this comes from part of where I've grown up is that I've always been surrounded I, I come from you know Cabramatta New South Wales so yeah. Sydney you know the area southwestern Sydney the area yeah 2166 you know Bar 53 yeah. Canley Heights Canley Rail Cabra 2166 you know that yeah and a lot of the energy that you find in the area is exactly that which yeah. is you know we're not going to comment on it that's another episode you know it is environmental let's leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> environmental we're gonna edit this out um we're not but definitely i find that because i've been exposed to those kinds of energies where people use those kinds of mentalities and ideologies to justify their ways of thinking i think i in my own personal agenda of opening a business i'm trying to kind of undo that Mm. i'm trying to let people know that you do not have to act you know xyz hustle this hustle that um just because you have a business Mm. You know, even as a business owner, yeah. you have your own social responsibilities personally and in a corporate capacity to act responsibly to your environment. It yeah. can't just be, you know, oh, because I've grown up hard and from the area, therefore I need to be greedy. Yeah. No, it's got to be your business has to serve the broader community. You can't just be jipping them and saying that, yeah, because I'm trying to cheat. I know a lot of people in the area who run businesses and they, they because they, they know that there's an element of capitalism involved, they actually use that capitalism as a blanket to, to justify a lot of the reasons why they might act shit. When really, in fact, I believe that if you work in an area like Cabramatta, yep. like St. John's yep. Park, I think there's got to be a level of accountability and even, I guess, an enhanced level of uh, empathy and you know sympathy for these kinds of communities because they don't have the know-how and the, the language to be able to joust with you mm. and I find that in all of the industries in those areas and mm. that's why I do what I do but I like how you took my con and then you did this massive marketing spin oh, on it to I just know. reassure that what I we're know. doing is right remind me to never my hire a marketing agency <laughs> for us I think I've got it down packed you go. you're gonna get us cancelled one day David oh no I teeter on the edge ever so closely ever never s- yeah. never over the edge never over the edge yes, yes. but yeah just coming off of kind of what you've said, mm. it just made me think of my second con. And actually, we talked about it in our first draft. Our first draft. Yes. Ego. Oh, absolutely. Ego in business. Oh, yes. Especially when you're self-employed or when we become employers mm. and we start hiring people. Yep. I like. I think as a whole, I I can check my ego pretty well, mm-hmm. right? But every now and then. Yeah. I need to be knocked back a few points. Yeah, yeah. And definitely it. David as well. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I, and I think one of the cons of being an employer that people don't talk about is that if you don't check yourself or if no one's there to check you, you're going to make astoundingly bad decisions. Absolutely. And I think that's something that people don't, mm. especially crapola business owners, Yeah. they 
don't think enough about that. Yeah. They don't think enough about how to check their egos in a way. Yeah. And then they destroy their business. Yeah. And you know what? This this all links up to the first and second cons that we've talked about here. Is you know, in having you as a business partner, I won't lie. Like I said, when I went and started the conceptualizations of you know starting a business and who should I entrap? <laughs> who should I guerrilla tactic? You know? Yeah. Like Emmetang. Part of the reason was because I was like, yeah, you know, she's very desperate. Because she, she wants to get out of the <laughs> end. I was like, you know, Emma deserves to get out of the end. deserves yeah, to. Yeah. Okay, like, alright. You know, and plus, I was like, you know, but also she works hard. And I was like, I wanted someone who to, to kind of be at the ball with me the whole time. Two dumb dogs to chase this ball forever. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, Labrador or the Chihuahua? Yeah. I'm Labrador. No, you're not. <laughs> you are not. Anyone who knows us knows that you are not. <laughs> so... You know, and, and those qualities were important, but also the quality of, I guess, I needed someone to check my ego because I knew coming out of the gap year, coming out of quitting three jobs that year, <laughs> yeah, I did. was like, David, you're gonna, this is your year, right? Yeah. And you know what? I think I bit off more than I could chew because not only were you checking my ego, the bloody <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. COVID-19. That, she checked our ego so wow. hard. Wow. We got that, knocked in the throat by her. Let me tell you. 2020 June, we actually said to each other. I remember saying to Emma, this was uh, April. I said to her, hey, just a heads up. Um, my bank account and all of my liquid assets that yeah. I have in my accounts right now. This was yeah. April 2020 is going to last us until July 2020. Yeah. Two more school terms. Yeah. If we don't pick up and find any more students, I will be flat zero. Yeah. Because rent, we had to pay for the yeah. rent. Yeah. Right? That was that is, using. That's it. So not only, you know, and this will lead me to the other con as well, but absolutely, like your ego, right? You will be checked by so many things, internally or externally, but yep. you need to make sure you are prepared to check yourself. And I think, you know, back off the back of, I'm just hijacking your answer here, um, but I think absolutely, like becoming self employed, people, their ego evolves, transforms, yeah. and yep. you know. Any, you... any minor piece of success, mm. especially if you are caught unawares, I have seen it manifest in ugly, ugly. ways. That has destroyed yes. the business, and it's inconsistent with the goals absolutely, of the business, absolutely. right? Absolutely, right. And you know what? Like that's that's that that's where you find people in like this toxic cycle yeah. of thinking that they deserve the yeah. success. And you know what? It, it goes back to what we've said in previous episodes as well. The success of your your job, your promotion, your business, it doesn't owe you that success. No, the world does not owe you that success. You really have to really put your own kind of, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into it, whether it be in the form of working or checking your ego or, yeah. you know, or some sort of, you know, personal kind of fix, fixing of, of yourself, that's still blood, sweat, and tears, and it requires that. Mm. Um, but, like, off the back, and segueing into, you know, the other idea of cons is, like, definitely, like, you know, I think a lot of people change. Yes. Not just in terms of business owners, but personally they start yeah. to change, and I think they... Because they think that owning a business, um, and especially when they're by themselves, their self business partner, is that they start to morph into the ideas that have, you know, gone wrong. Yeah. One decision leads them down a second wrong decision, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. until the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth one becomes who they are. Yeah. And I think at that point, when you have unilateral control over a business, yeah. Whether it be in a partnership or a sole trader or a company, 
right, and you hold majority ownership, you start to kind of take on that account. Yeah. It's almost like what's that? Uh, the the Spider Man, the 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 what, Venom. Venom. Yeah. You start to take over, <laughs> yeah. and you know, in some respects, like whilst it can work beautifully, like you know, you might turn into like this egalitarian angel, like you know, Kate Blanchett style. You can also turn into like someone who's just so toxic, and I find. Yeah. That is something not a lot of people account for when they get into business. Yeah. And, but I think one of the ways that you know we we've been able to not do that is what we did before with Miranda when we market spin this is that reminding ourselves of the reason why we get into business. Yeah. It must be a bigger, broader, great reason yes. as to why we get into business, yes. not just for the profits. No. You, know? you have to have what is it a mission mm. statement and like an impact statement. That's right. The That's what right. And the why. That's right. And you know, yeah. with us, we've always believed the. The relatively small success of what we've had here at Folk High Education, but also relatively big success, is that it is the combination of culture, yep. contributing, shaping, and recognizing culture, in combination with commerce. Yes, that allows us to do that. And I don't think a lot of businesses are aware of that. A lot of businesses in the area, at least, I find is that it is very much commerce, commerce, commerce. Yeah. What product can I sell? What product can I market? What product can I finesse to make sure I get money? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I have never seen those businesses last more than two years. Yeah. Cafes close within two years. Restaurants up in two years. This product that they've sold online, uh, shopping, whatever on their their, yeah. their clothing platform, gone in two years, maximum two years. Yeah. There's only one or two businesses off the top of my mind. One of which is now closed, unfortunately, not because of the lack of culture and commerce, but because of other external government reasons. Is because. That that um that have actually really been able to last the long yards, mm. five years now. This one business is. Mm. I think of the usual cafe and Mason Cuff Coffee. Mm. They do things not for commerce, but they're creating a distinct culture that has not traditionally existed in the area, and they've been doing that since 2015, mm. all through the pandemic, all through their own personal issues. Yeah running smoothly yeah and that's what i think you know a lot of people don't don't think about but that's just some yeah there's a lot there's so many there's there so, so many cons of starting a business i think yeah. definitely i think pros outweigh the cons don't get me wrong 51 49 yeah i'd say definitely. so definitely 51 49 but 49 cons still exist yeah <laughs> you very know much so in terms of number account in terms of quantity and in terms of intensity like yeah. wow yeah um but I, I would say like i said again like you know and listeners not might be thinking well what do you reckon like how do which way do i go i, I always say self-employee baby like every single time i can't imagine myself working full-time for anyone else oh my god i can barely do it half i can barely do it part-time but can barely but do that, it. that's a David thing. That's know? a David thing. And like, and I think th- th- this is actually something that we were talking about in our first draft. Mm. It's okay if you don't want to be self-employed. That's it. It's okay if, you know, your job is a job. Yes. And you bring home money and that's it. Yes, right? that is fine. You know, I think if you ask, if you were to ask David and I how we identify ourselves, I don't think either of us would say our jobs. No. no, not no, at all. No, no, no. Right. And I think everything that we say needs to be taken with this kind yeah. of measure that you are not your job. That's right. I think one We're of bigger my, than our jobs. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you're 100% you're bigger than your job. Yes. So, you know, if, if you're teetering, mm. definitely consider being self-employed, definitely mm. consider becoming an employer. But I think, um, wrapping up, right. Yeah. There are definitely some pros to being an employee mm. over being an employer. Right. And if your goal, if you're, you know, if your method of capital is just to finance your lifestyle, mm. 
go for it. That's you right. don't you don't need to be self-employed. That's right. right okay. Back to our idea of you know how we identify ourselves. I identify myself by my oh humor. My, here we go. By my humor. Alright, yes. now it's time to wrap up, folks. <laughs> A quick wrap-up of our definitive guide before David goes on with his massive rant again. Yes. Right? So our first question was university. Mm. I'm just gonna spitball these, yes. right? Should you take a gap year, gap semester? Why? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Start a semester, go into a year. Yep. It can help you A, reignite new passions. Yep. Or B, recalibrate what's important. Abs- like, so completely new shit. Yes. So, right? But also, there is a line. No more than 100 grand in debt. And, and no how long? Nine years. Nine years. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Second one. Career. How do you find a perfect job or industry? for you mm-hmm. and is the money the most important variable when choosing a career yep. question a which is how do i find the perfect job being open to new opportunities being open to things that are tangential or don't seem relevant yep. go do it you never know who you're going to meet what it's going to do for you in the future yep. change industries change job and also remember that instead of looking at the binary of are they specific or non-course specific to my university course, consider the binary of is it easy to come come by or is it hard to come by? Mm. If it's harder to come by, go for that one, babes. Yeah, jump it. on it. Yeah. And then second question we had is, is money an important variable when choosing a career? We said you can have your cake and eat it as well, mm-hmm. right? Bye. In the sense that you can pursue your passion and become self-employed or yes. consider a way of monetizing your passion. Yeah. In a, in a way that makes you the boss That's right? right and then we got into the pros and cons of being employee employer yep. we had a whole bunch of cons for being the employee yep. 49 right? 49 and then a whole bunch of pros for being the employer 51 51 yep. and then you know the dangers of kind of listening to your ego yes. all the time yes don't lose your mind don't lose your mind I'm you got halfway this. there well I think you're a bit more than halfway <laughs> I think between the both of us we're like 150% of the way there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but like, look, this has been a really fun episode and we hope you all have enjoyed it. Um, again, thank you for your constant loyal listenership because we post episodes every month, apparently. Yep. Um, and like as like we said again, like this was an episode meant for a lot of our younger listeners in, you know, year 12 and even the young professionals who are still at university or even those who've just graduated and are getting their first, second jobs now. Mm. You know, we wanted to kind of do this to kind of help you all navigate the world post high school again it's a very popular angle that we've, we've been taking but this is our crowd and we wanted to kind of cater to all of you ladies and gents here yes and don't forget to stay tuned for part two yeah so part two there will be a second episode that we'll record i'm thinking in the next few weeks or so yes and that's going to be about finance Yay. money money babes and Yay. that's always a fun one to talk that about always a fun one to we're talk going to about. be talking about things like budgeting saving um you know investing maybe yeah, and debit credit card that's right, you know, Qantas points. Oh god, here we Qantas go. points. Here we go. I'm gonna be so excited. I hope you are as well, Emma. Um, but for the meantime, right, stay tuned. Thank you again for listening. Bye! That was cute. That was cute. Hi, David here again. You've been listening to a Foci Education podcast. If you have any questions about anything we've said in this episode, or if you want to stay up to date on the latest news on what's happening at Foci Education, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook using our social handles, or visit our website at www.focieducation.com. That's foci with an F-O-C-I. Thanks.